stargazers, welcome to Seventh House Astrology, where I take a topic that is either astrological or a topic related to the topics of romance or relationship. I take it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So for those of you who may have seen the episode, um, we are taking a, you know, the episode heading especially, we are taking a little bit of a break from the attachment styles, mainly because um, we did pop into Aquarius season as of January the 20th. Um, so we can't really ignore Aquarius. I mean, I, I just, I like to be fair to all zodiacal signs, especially in the, moon, the sun's position. So as noted, as of the 20th, we uh, shifted from the brass tacks of Capricorn into the sign of Aquarius. So today's episode, we are investigating Aquarius season and what relationships will look like. However, as of next week, uh, we will be continuing on with the attachment styles with the avoidant type. And actually, Stargazers, I think you guys are going to like next week's episode. I've just started planning that out. And uh, again, it's going to be a nice, fun, deep dive. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. So definitely, definitely stay tuned and, and uh, definitely tune in for that. But uh, for Aquarius season, well... I just felt like it was appropriate and I just felt like it was just perfect to start Aquarius season off in this way. But um, I do have to say that uh, late Capricorn into early Aquarius season, um, I personally did not have a very good start to it. Um, normally, whenever I begin seasons, like Aquarius season, usually kind of you know, starts off rather uneventfully. Um, most times it starts off on a good note. This year was a little bit different. And uh, normally if I do have a rough note to start on, it's usually with Scorpio season. Um, but uh, this year was different. Uh, this year I actually started off Aquarius season with a write-up in my day job. Now, how I feel that this relates um, is really kind of how I had to handle myself in the last week, which has been a very stressful week, to say the least. Um, let's just say I just feel like life, whereas um, I'd mentioned at the beginning of Scorpio season where I felt like I had to really recalculate and really relook at my day job and see where the company would stand as well as where my employer stood. Uh, this week or this last week, I've felt like I've had to, I was forced to really relook at things and to really relook at my life in um, retrospect, especially. But uh, I find that this is perfect because this is one huge, and we'll be getting diving more into this with Aquarius season, but this is a huge part of Aquarius season. Um, if you guys unfortunately are in the same position as I'm in, or if it's even worse, you've been laid off or you've been fired, um, just so you know, you are not alone. I feel you. I hear you. It sucks beyond belief. 
But I think the good news about Aquarius season to start off with um, when it comes to interwork relationships is that this is a great time to really reinvestigate. Like this week, I've, I've been able to kind of focus on my own goals, especially in um, pertaining to my podcast, like how I can expand with my podcast and how I can keep going. Um, since I do find that this is a purpose in my life, I do find meeting with you guys every week is a purpose and has been a purpose in my life. But I've also been uh, forced to really rethink also in terms of practicalities. You know, what else could I do? And, um, you know, the results are staggering. They're phenomenal. Um, the ideas that I ha I've had are really phenomenal. So to me, it's kind of a blessing in disguise, even though it really feels like there's a huge curse. The other thing that I feel that is being revealed um, in times of, you know, I feel like with Aquarius, it's not only a time to start anew and really revamp if you're in the right position or if you're in the right place in life, but also to kind of take a look at what really is going on without, you know, the rosy glasses on, without having to look at things professionally for a change. And um, I feel that with Aquarius right now, very much like Scorpio season, it's kind of interesting how this is happening. But um, even though uh, Scorpio is a water sign, Aquarius is an air sign, they're having something in common in the regard that a lot of hidden themes are coming out of the woodwork. Um, particularly with my employer, it seems like he's big about gaslighting. When uh, something doesn't go his way, he looks for scapegoats. And uh, for me, I've just been experiencing a heavy amount of gaslighting from him um, since the beginning of this year. So also how to handle that efficiently while still showing up for work and um, really in reinvestigating what else can be done. But for those of you who are finding, again, this period between a stop and a start, just so you know, there's there, you know, again, um, it's a great chance to really reinvestigate and just see what else is out there for you, because there there is something out there for everybody. There is your purpose awaiting for you. I think that's true for everybody. And I think that there's always something really great and new. And, you know, whether or not you continue on with your day job or whether or not you have left amicably or on good terms, um, you know, again, still, there, it's, it's good to look at what else is there for you so that you can look, start to look into it, start to research it as well, too. I kind of feel like this is a great time, um, you know, like in tarot, like the wands suite, in my view, wands representative of fire, where it's all about ideas, getting in touch with your passion, getting in touch with your creativity when it comes to some matters, I feel is like very apt um, for this time in a very weird and very wacky way. But in any way, shape or case, when it comes to Aquarius season, so starting off with my personal observations, this season has been a little bit interesting uh, when it has come to observing people. Like on my walks, I've been noticing that people are a mixture of 
They're keeping their own independence, but yet they're still remaining very proper and mannerly. Um, it's the same sort of interaction that I had seen when I observed Venus going into Aquarius as of last month, um, into the beginning of this month. Um, a lot of people were not only into their own independence, but they're being very mannerly. Sometimes they were being a very friendly still. They weren't being too aloof or too, you know, awful or rude, so to speak. Um, but by the same token, there were some weird circumstances. Like there was one time where I think one guy was playing around like he was going to sick his dog on me um, in his own weird individual way of gaining my attention. Um, there have been a lot of like individual ways of, indiv you know, people kind of getting attention. But I think really, again, independence meets uh, still a form of mannerliness in a very weird way. I'm going to be honest with you, Stargazers, when it comes to this season, I had to actually do a little bit of research on the archetypes of Aquarius. I had to actually look at Joanna Martin Wolfolk and compare notes with her. Joanna Martin Wolfolk is the author of the only astrology book that you'll ever need. Uh, love the title. But uh, with Aquarius, she said it really aptly. She said, you know, Aquarius is kind of a... It's a mixture of two polarities, really, the archetype, and also the individuals who are within, who have a star, um, they're, they're, sorry, not star, if their sun or their ascendant or their moon, or even if they have a stellium in this particular sign, they tend to mesh very opposite polarities into their personality. And I think they do it very flawlessly, whereas the rest of us are kind of like, um, how do we mix these two things together? But with that also said, what's also kind of interesting about Aquarius is that um, we're kind of moving beyond the me from that we roughly see the relationship with me that we roughly see from Aries to Cancer. We're also moving way beyond you know, starting to muse about you, as we see with the signs of Leo to roughly Scorpio. I would say roughly from Sagittarius to Pisces, we're moving beyond just the me and you in the relationship to really how do we relate to the world at large. And I think with Aquarius, it's fair to say, because it is close to the elder of the Zodiac, the elder, that being of Pisces, you're probably going to see this with me with Pisces season. They're kind of confusing in the regard that their relationship is to the cosmos. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's really not just about people. It's like having a relationship with everybody, having a relationship with the whole world and maybe even the cosmos with it. I think that's definitely true for Aquarius. For Pisces, a little bit of a different dynamic, but um, there's going to be, I just feel when it comes to Aquarius season especially, there will be some things that are repeated from previous seasons. I don't think that that's an accident. I think that actually in Aquarius season and also in Pisces season, I think the same will be true as well too. Um, it's not an act. It's really not that I'm being lazy and just being a broken record. No. Um, I mean, I've I've thought long and hard within the season and it's, it seems to me that 
Aquarius especially kind of gives second chances to um, sort these sort of lessons of the seasons that need to be learned. You know, like say that you failed to learn one particular lesson from one particular season, you have another chance to do it over again. I feel the same with Pisces. I also feel the same is kind of true with Sagittarius as well as with Capricorn. Um, there are just some themes that kind of seem to recur. And it makes sense that there's second chances because you have to have you it's like you almost have to to relate to the universe, to relate to everybody, you have to step back and make sure that you good you have a good solid foundation of relating to the people around you first. And I think that that's what this, these signs tend to cause us to revert back to. But uh, with Aquarius, um, some of the polarities. So here, here we go. We're going to have some fun with this one. One of the biggest polarities that both Joanna Martin Wolfolk and my yours truly have kind of noticed is that when we take a look at Aquarius, there is a great mixture of individuality and humanitarianism. Now, when you look at this, it's like, what? Well, Sandra, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. What? These are like really two huge polarities. Tell me about it. Oh my goodness. This week it's like, oh my goodness. It's, it's going to, a lot of things are going to sound pretty contradictory for this week when it comes to sinistry, but they all really mean a lot and they already pertain some really great lessons. But getting into the individuality. Um, so when it comes to Aquarius, individuality, so I remembered actually um, a couple of years ago, I decided to learn from all 12 signs of the Zodiac and actually learning by um, embodying a certain trait from each sign in order to learn more about the sign, as well as what the sign can bring to me, myself, as a Leo. And um, I actually did write a couple of articles on there on Blogspot. Uh, way back in the day, I actually might um, revisit that in future episodes. I think that would be very cool. My theory is we have all 12 signs in our chart, no matter what. So we might as well should learn from each individual sign. But it was kind of interesting that when I came up to Aquarius, the first thing that when I was doing the research for um, the trait was that the first trait of Aquarius was do not let other people control you. Stick to your own guns, stick to your own individuality, stick, stick to you. You know, you're the only one who can be trusted, stick with you. I felt like this was very apt for Aquarius because that's kind of, you know, for those who have met Aquarians, I know for um, when I've um, actually have met and worked, I usually have uh, worked with Aquarians in the past, both as managers as well as coworkers, but you definitely see that um, don't believe anybody else, just believe in yourself. A lot of the time kind of kick in. Um, I think it's, you know, really just their own unique style of how they relate to the world. And Joanna Martin Wolfolk even mentions that Aquarians, you know, somebody who has their sun, their ascendant or their moon sign, or even just a stellium in Aquarius, they not only beat to the beat of their own drum, they also make up the music while they're at it. So they're really definitely very unique. Um, they really embellish and really 
embrace that unique vibe. And actually, um, the vibe that I'm getting from the sun shift is exactly that, how to be independent, how to stand on your own two feet, and really how to proceed in life with your own vision, your own direction. The way that I've been seeing it is like, you know, I also speak Enneagram. And uh, when it comes to Enneagram, I've had to relook at my type because the type that I feel that I've been in might not necessarily fit. So I'm kind of getting this individual sort of vibe of let's, let's relook at the Enneagram. Let's see if there might be some other numbers that I really do relate to as well too, since that's also um, kind of important to me, you know, another interest of mine. But in regards to the relationship, um, I feel that when it comes to all relationships, work included, um, there's going to be a sense of some of what we're going to be visiting in Aries season, which is how to be my own individual, as well as how to be an individual in the relationship. So a great example of this is like, say that you've been married to somebody and say that you would, you've wanted to write creatively for so long, ever since you've been married, but because your commitment level is a bit different with your partners, you've been kind of putting that, the writing on the back burner. Well, with Aquarius season, this is a, this is where Aquarius kind of challenges you to maybe write again and get in touch and get in tune with you again. You know, you can still remain very faithful and still focus on your partner, but it's really getting in touch with the individual, your individualistic vibes that you've been meaning to get in touch with, but really haven't. With that also said, it's um, with Aquarius season, when you do get in touch with that individual vibe, it actually helps to balance and well-round the relationship out as well, too, um, to where it's not like you're so, as we're getting into the attachment styles, you're not too anxious with your partner. You're not too avoidant with your partner. Um, you're kind of getting into a level of security as well, too. Um, so that's that's a really fascinating feature with it. I personally have been experiencing this in um, working relationships. I've been experiencing this in the regard of I've had to focus on my own goals and my own dreams, um, sometimes on my podcast when I'm at work. You know, um, I rehearse while I'm driving to work, and then I um, sometimes also think outside. I kind of think a little bit while I'm at work as well, too. Uh, my work is kind of repetitive enough that sometimes I can think about other things. Um, this is in replace, this is in place of actually focusing on how mad I am with my boss or how mad I am, you know, with the dynamics of the environment that I'm in and really gives me a little more time to think about where I want to go. And I've just felt like this sort of individualistic state has helped me to balance just being at present at work right now. And also just to be present enough to see where the hell everything's going to stand. Because um, as of the beginning of this year, that's been rather uncertain, um, to be quite frank with you. But that's an, I feel like that's another great example with the individualistic vibe of Aquarius. The same applies true with friend groups. Um, again, getting in touch with 
your own hobbies, your own goals, who you are, as well as being that the dedicated friend. So instead of putting relationships first, it's, you know, basically the season's challenging you to also put you first as well. And again, um, as I've said, uh, definitely um, one polarity that we're, we're seeing right there. You're going to have to excuse the background noise, stargazers. There just seems to be a lot of motion going on right now, and I'm not really sure as to why exactly that is, but uh, please forgive the background noise there. So um, the other, so speaking of polarities, the other polarity with Aquarius season is that of the humanitarian vibe. Okay, this is going to sound radically different. So right now we're getting into how to be our own individual, as well as how to be within a relationship. Something we'll be also rediscovering with the first house in Aries when it comes to Aries season. But the other um, half of it is that Aquarius is considered to be the humanitarian sign of the Zodiac. Now, I know astrologers have had debates about this one. Um, a lot of astrologers, my astrology teacher included, have said, well, you know, with Aquarius, how much has been romanticized of the humanitarian vibe when it has come to the 60s, particularly from the song uh, The Age of Aquarius by that was found in the musical Hair, and also made very, very popular by the dynamic group of the fifth dimension as well, too. They really, I felt like they put the song on the map um, all the way around and in such an awesome way as well, too. But uh, a lot of astrologers said, you know, how much of the humanitarian side of Aquarius is like idealized and maybe even fantasized because there was this big old fantasy in the 60s that, you know, age of Aquarius, everything's going to get so much better. It's all going to be happening and, you know, peace and love and merriment's all going to be on the earth because um, really in reality with Aquarius, they kind of merge their own logic and their own ideas. You know, they're instead of just being completely aloof, completely cold, completely in their heads all the time, they like to think that they're not complete assholes as well, too. So when they offend somebody, um, the one way in which I've seen Aquarius's form of humanitarianism is using that cold, that cool logic to make sure to repair and make sure everyone's feelings are repaired, make sure that the relationships are repaired while also using that very cool logic that they have. But um, again, it's not as, you know, oh, we're going to save the world from warmongers and we're going to be all nice and flowery and peaceful all over again. Um, I feel like humanitarianism is just, you know, kind of that where, um, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, with Aquarius, the, the focus is on um, humanity in and of itself, as well as the relationship with the cosmos and uh, really how to make that relationship with humanity work. And normally um, it's usually through cool logic um, on their end. You know, they are a sign that lives in their head, but with their cool logic, like how to make that peace on earth happen. Um, however, not in that very romanticized way that we're used to. But in Aquarius season, um, so here we go. Here comes the other polarity with humanitarianism. 
we're going to be repeating the um, the the sort of lesson from Capricorn season of actually being present for your partner. So I think humanitarianism will be seen as being, um, like I said, just really making sure that um, whatever your partner wants of you, you're kind of meeting that. But I don't think it just has to be with what your partner wants from you. I think it could just be you, what you offer genuinely out of the sheer love that you do have for your partner. So like, for instance, say that um, you've noticed that you talk a lot, you know, kind of like one of my issues right now. I talk a lot when it comes to relationships with other people. Sometimes I talk so much that somebody else, it's like they're trying to get a word in edgewise and they're really not getting that word in edgewise. They're kind of forced to listen a little bit more as opposed to giving the input. So one big thing I'm trying to do is hold back and just listen before I react and before I speak. Um, so with the, with Aquarius season, you know, while this might have been really hard for me to learn and it might, you know, for some of those who feel the same thing is going on in their relationships, while this may have been a very hard thing to learn in Capricorn season and a really uh, very broad thing to learn uh, within Capricorn season, we're kind of given an extension in Aquarius season to kind of do it again, um, except maybe listening of your own volition, you know, not listening because your your partner's nagging at you that you're not listening enough, um, really just listening out of, you know, the, the fact that you're kind of noticing this sort of situation and that you choose to fix it. Um, it's not just listening either. I mean, it could just be anything. Um, you can just do anything just to be present, a little more present in the relationship. And again, whatever you think, it you know, it doesn't matter like how big the gesture, how small the gesture is. I feel like it's the thought of your partner and really just trying to be there for your partner that really counts um, in the end when it comes to the humanitarian vibe of the relationship. All right, so now that we have the polarity between our own individualism, you know, challenging to be our own individual in the relationship, and now garnering more humanity, the other thing that Jonah Mar Martin Wolfolk had mentioned that I really kind of lost hindsight on was that uh, Aquarius, because they're such innovative thinkers and they're such, you know, they kind of think really more into the future and they really also cling very stubbornly to their ideas as well too it's also the sign of the future as well of, of astrology um, many astrologers say um, Aquarius or the um, 11th I think they mentioned actually Aquarius is usually the sign of astrology but also along with that um, you know the, the future, the, you know, kind of thoughts of the future moving forward. That's why I think as Pluto moves into Aquarius um, within this year, and as we shift from age of Capricorn to age of Aquarius, I don't think it's going to be love and peace and, you know, hey, every the, the whole world is going to collaborate. I really think it's going to be more along the innovative ideas, maybe related to AI, and um, possibly related to other advanced scientific concepts such as AI or maybe even cloning as well, too. Um, that's just kind of what I see coming out of it. But 
You know, um, Aquarius, it's always like future innovative thinking. And I think how this relates to in the relationship is also really looking towards the future in the relationship, you know, being present, but also looking towards the future. Yeah. Talk about contradictions like no other. Um, but that's okay. I, I think it's, it's a great challenge to look towards the future of the relationship. Even if you're married, even if you have an established relationship, because sometimes those future needs need to be brought up. You know, something should happen to one of you. Um, if something should happen in the relationship, like how to brainstorm with each other of how to move forward and where to go with those things. If you are just dating at this time, um, the future of what does this relationship hold? Does this relationship hold potential? Or am I just waiting, you know, wasting time with dead weight, you know, and maybe making those decisions necessary to kind of make sure that you are maximizing your potential when it comes to time and also really, you know, maximizing your future together, maximizing your present moments together, as well as being able to plan or being able to see that future in the relationship. Uh, for friendships as well as for working relationships, I know the future for me has been big focus at work, uh, not just for, you know, future with coworkers, but also just the future future. You know, if there's a different company or if there's a different path that I have to take and I have to merge on, what does that look like? And having to kind of think about those long mile goals in that regard. I think also with friendships too, um, will my friends, you know, it, my friends will be, it's, I think it's already established. My friends will be here for the long haul, but what does the future look like for our friendship? What does our friendship um, hold when it comes to the future and future thinking on that one? So uh, yeah, a, definitely a very interesting time when it comes to relationships for sure. So now that we've had, oh, and actually before I um, wrap this up, the other idea or the other um, thought that I also had um, that first came to the fore was the 11th house. Um, so Aquarius rules the 11th house. So again, I feel like, so as we're moving towards the future, as we're trying to be present, as we're trying to work humanitarianly with our partners, yet establish our own independence, there's also going to be a huge shift from complete passion to actual platonic relationships, you know, with the, the ruling of the 11th house. What this means, um, so I have actually checked out this awesome channel called Cinema Therapy with Dr. Jonathan Decker, as well as Alan Seawright. Um, they've both mentioned, they kind of analyze relationships in film, you know, whether or not they are healthy or whether they're unhealthy and why, but also um, they've kind of mentioned like what relationships really truly look like. So that when we're looking at like a film like Twilight, where it's all about passion and all about, you know, chemistry, you know, what actual relationships look like in comparison to that. But I know what a lot of people hear when they hear the 11th house and, you know, this is going to be a time of more platonic relationships, companionship, 
A lot of people go, oh my god, this is so boring. It's not Edward and Bella. It's not Romeo and Juliet. What's what's the point of this? Well, um, while we're on the subject of Twilight, there was Carlisle and Renesmee. I believe it was Renesmee was his partner. There was their relationship in Twilight, which I feel was equally romantic um, in the regard that actually Carlisle looked at his partner as more of a companion as opposed to this dynamic, fiery, passionate sort of relationship that we're used to with Edward and Bella. And their relationship actually worked out really well. They actually agree with each other. They respect each other's opinions. Um, but also they they can find a really great, deep love that doesn't require unrequited love, so to speak. It requires more of just being each other's co-conspirators or partners in crime and just being there for one another. And I, I mean, I just thought of this example a couple of days ago, but it really... I think it really solidifies the 11th house. But um, I think Alan Seawright and Do Dr. Jonathan Decker had mentioned, you know, um, a lot of relationships are just kind of like goofing around with each other. A good example um, was with Shrek. Um, There's one scene where the princess and Shrek, they're kind of shoving each other until he eventually shoves her into the bushes. And then she kind of emerges out and starts shoving him again. And it's all in play. It's all in jest. But that's really kind of where the 11th house is going to be at. That's where relationships are going to be. It's going to be a little less on the focus on sex and passion and all the lovely things that we think about when we first date or all the lovely things we think about when we first get married or even when we're in an established uh, relationship as well and really more um, kind of dealing with getting to know one another um, and in the more playful ways. I think there's going to be a lot of flirting um, as opposed to serious, you know, relationship talk. Um, instead of like serious pillow talk, it's going to be um, more of like flirting, more like just playing with each other, just kind of laughing with each other. We're just kind of getting to know one another a bit better. Um, again, I, I'm kind of reminded of my very first episode on this podcast where I was covering the 11th house and I kind of argued it's kind of the beginnings of the relationship. So we're re-experiencing the beginnings of the relationship when it comes either when we're dating or when we're even, or where, when we're in an established relationship and um, really just kind of dealing with the new vibes that we had when we were first dating as well too, that new playful and yet very, like I said, companionship oriented sort of energy as well. So now that we've dealt with all the generals of Aquarius season, one of the shadow sides that I can really see with this season is that Aquarius is known for being very aloof and not really very well connected to the emotions unless their ideas are challenged. I would just say the aloofness um, in this season, I've kind of seen it on my walks where it's, you know, somebody might say, excuse us, which is a very polite way of saying, yeah, we're going to hog the side. You know, it's, it's a very polite gesture, even though the individuals are hogging up the sidewalk. And even though it's said in a very combative manner, a very combative and kind of an, an aloof manner, if you may, kind of a cold and distant manner. 
But um, again, I think um, one thing when it comes to relationships is, you know, and again, this is going to sound very contradictory, so I'm very sorry. But um, when it comes to the independence uh, for, for, for starters, um, make sure that the independence, again, is really well balanced with the relationship so that a situation of aloofness or coldness does not result. And I know that that's going to be a huge challenge for a lot of us. I know it's a huge challenge for me personally right now because I'm dealing with that, um, like how to not be so distant and aloof from my present situation. Um, but again, it's a very important one, like how to still stay in the present with the relationships that you do have. And, um, really just not get too much into your own vibe, so to speak, with the aloofness. Also, I kind of find um, with Aquarius, sometimes um, they can be rather cliquish. And, you know, when they're in their friend group, that's where the aloof attitude starts to reside. Um, so, I mean, again, if you're in a friend group or you're in with your significant other, try to make sure that you're considering other people outside that particular friend group, kind of similar to Sagittarius season. Um, make sure that everyone's included, um, even those who you don't know, and even those who are not in your friend group to make sure that all communication is pretty easy. But I think overall on the whole, Stargazers, even though I've had a very rough um, Aquarius season myself, um, a really rough start, overall with Aquarius season, whether you get along with Aquarius or whether you don't, um, it actually is kind of like with Sagittarius. I've noted that, um, first off, Candlemas, as well as Imog, is actually during Aquarius season. So that's Feb February the 2nd. So during Aquarius season, um, those two occurrences happen. I know with Imog, it's blessing of the home with light and really celebrating Bridget. I think with Candlemas, very similar. Um, it's St. Bridget that's revered, but it's also um, a lot of Catholics I've noticed start coming home with a lit candle in their hand. Um, in order to bring the light that Bridget was known, that St. Bridget as well as Bridget was known to have into the home. Um, for those who are pagan, it's Bridget, the sun goddess, the triple goddess and sun goddess, uh, um, who's bringing the light into the home to purify it. For those who are a St. Bridget, it's just she has the light of the sun in her eyes, the light of God that she's also bringing into your home. So that occurs during this time. Along with, I have to say, um, the hopefulness of spring to come, I start to notice that the days are starting to get longer, which is a hopeful sign for me. Uh, Orion's belt is actually shifting from the south. Okay, let me see if I'm getting this right. The southeastern side of the sky that we normally see Orion's belt. So Orion's belt, if you notice it, it kind of shifts to the southeasternmost side of the sky during fall and winter. It's starting to shift over to the southwestern side of the sky. Um, so also promising uh, spring to come. And then also, um, again, like I said, with the longer days and the hope of Bridget or the hope of the sun or the hope of light as well, extra light. It's kind of like the light through the darkness of, of winter, even though technically we're still in the middle of winter. But I feel like that's a very hopeful time um, with Aquarius. 
the other helpful time, uh, whether you love to love this holiday or you love to hate it, uh, is Valentine's Day. Um, I love Valentine's Day myself. The, the one thing I love about Valentine's Day myself is the bright colors. You know, we're just, we're surrounded around drab colors as we go through winter season. You know, we have the darkest of greens, the darkest of blacks, the darkest of all the colors of the rainbow. It's kind of nice when it comes to, you know, Valentine's Day. Even when I was a little kid, what I, the first thing I'd notice was the bright colors that really light up, like the bright pinks, the bright reds, the whites that really light up the winter season a bit better. And it could just be me that I suffer from generalized anxiety disorder as well as, uh, as well as depression. And, you know, winter just brings that out tenfold for me, but I, I love that pop of color and that pop of energy that comes with the, the season. So that's also within Aquarius season. So very much like Sagittarius season, it's usually a very hopeful season, very logically bent as well too. Um, not a lot on frivolous matters. Um, I've started to notice that a lot of people where they were prone to gaslighting um, due to just frivolous reasons, they're starting to lose steam because this is a great season to gather and build cases using a lot of facts. Um, as, as empirical of facts that you can muster. For me, it's like making sure I'm making detailed notes about what I'm working on when, um, just in case the need arises for me to explain A, B, C, or D. But I think also in all relationships, really, there comes a time where it's like you have to meet certain situations that may be like a sticky situation with facts as well too. And that's also what Aquarius season also brings. So I think overall kind of a hopeful season, um, very unique for, um, for sure. You know, the polarities, very unique, uh, very unique vibe. And I think, um, you know, we can all kind of take the unique vibe and ha you know, kind of take it where we need to take it and have some fun with it as well too. So Stargazers, I hope this was a nice, great break. I hope that this was also a very informative episode on Aquarius season. For all you Aquarians out there, I hope you feel nice and well and heard. Um, above all, do not be afraid to look up at the stars. If you are not in Denver, Colorado, and say that you're, um, you're not overcast, you might see that again, you might see the position of Orion's belt. Um, you might actually see that there are, I think it's Jupiter that's still near the Earth, as well as uh, Venus is still in the sky, too. And they're really, they're really quite a sight. It's, it's really nice. But above all, looking up at the stars gives us a little bit of a break, gives us a little bit of a pause, and gives us a little bit of um, looking at the origins of astrology as well, too. But above all, stargazers, uh, between next week, or actually between this week and next week, I do hope that I find you well. It looks like everyone is driving responsibly again now that um, Mars is in shadow and no longer in retrograde. Hopefully that remains true and hopefully that remains true for you guys as well. And above all, between this week and next week, I do hope to find that you are well. And until then, stargazers. If you'd like to ask questions or also make comments on this astrology podcast, you can contact Sandra Misek at Misek, 
That's M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com or at our Instagram page at Sandra dot Again, that's M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $5 a month, you could become a Patreon to this particular podcast and support this podcast. You can definitely visit patreon.com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.